going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D. Mendy here, joined by my cast, my crew, my friends, Art Benny, Little Cheesecake, Doc, Eric Mendelson, and Marty Tallman, Marty Party. Normally, we have a long intro. Normally, we get all crazy here. But we got to talk free agents, guys. And this is Free Agent Frenzy Part 2 for a reason. What we're going to be doing tonight for you guys is we are going to be breaking down all the moves we did not break up, break down in free agency part one and talking about it in part two. Guys, before we begin on this fantastic voyage together, you guys want to catch your breath, take a sip of water. You need to brace yourselves for what we're about to do. (sighs) Cleansing the palate. All ready to go. Without further ado, let us break down everything that's happened since we last talked to you guys as far as free agents. Obviously, we're not going to be able to get every single one. The, the very minor ones, you'll have to look up for yourself. We're not your mom. So uh, let's talk about some of the bigger ones. Starting with the Red Sox agreeing with Trevor Story on a six-year, $140 million contract. After the four-year deal, it'll be 2025. He can opt out of his final two years of his deal. Obviously, again, the, the details you can read about his contract later on, but the bigger story about it, the contract is going to be is Story's going to take over second base with Xander Bogarts staying at shortstop for now. Obviously, you could see if Xander Bogarts leaves, then he could shift back over to shortstop. But for now, that's how it's going to play out. As you've seen Trevor Story at everyday shortstop in Colorado over the past six seasons, he's played in 745 games, hit 158 home runs with an overall 272, 340, 523 slash the WRC plus of 112. He also stole 100 bases and provided really excellent defense with a 21.6 F war over that time. Big move, guys. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I, I think from a Red Sox perspective, I just think it gives them a little bit more of a run, but I don't think they're like necessarily World Series material. But from a fantasy perspective, what's not the love? You know, he's going to be in Fenway. He's going to be in a good lineup. Um, he's going to be able to move throughout the AL East, which is a bunch of good hitters parks. And uh, yeah, I think all signs, I think this is, could have been, you know, best case scenario, one of them. Yeah. There was a debate on Twitter about what the actual road home analytics splits people were talking about. I think uh, uh, someone was talking about that. It's a, a two to one split between home and away that you've got to multiply his away stats by two. Uh, and so I, I think at the end of the day, he's probably going to be a, a 30 home run two sixty average 20 stolen bases type of player, which is always plays, especially in Roto leagues. Uh, another big piece of news, the Marlins and outfielder Jorge Soler agreed to a three-year $36 million deal. Soler has an opt-out clause after each of the 2022 and 2023 seasons. So it's kind of like a one-year deal, and then he can keep going one year, one year. Soler led the AL with 48 home runs during 2019. And then after that, he's been kind of up and down. You saw him in the beginning of 2021, he was hitting only 192. 288, 370 slash with 13 homers with the Royals. And then the Braves picked him up at the trade deadline. He went on to hit 269, 358, 524 slash with 14 homers, over 242 plate appearances with his new team, and did really well uh, in the World Series. 300 batting average, three more home runs in 23 plate appearances, and he was the World Series MVP. Kind of interesting to figure out his value in, in fantasy drafts, don't you guys think? Yeah, I think so. I agree with that. I think with 
knowing where he's going, you have to uh, you have to kind of balance that this is not necessarily a hitter's ballpark. But I also think that Solaire has has that big boy power. Uh, but what has plagued Solaire throughout his entire career is his inconsistency. You can't really count on him being, you know, uh, uh, every day coming out and doing it. Um, but he's hot and cold, and when he's hot, he's super hot. And you saw that in the World Series. You saw it in 2019 as well. And I think he's going to get plenty of leash, plenty of playing time in Florida. Uh, and he's one of those guys who could pop off 35, 40 home runs, or you might be dropping him in June. You don't know. It's tough to say. I just worry about the counting stats around him. They don't have good production in the lineup. So even if he does hit, you know, 30 home runs, it's not going to be a Cedric Mullins 50 RBI, but you just wonder if it's, you know, 30, 70. So you're really just chasing power with him because you're not going to get batting average. All right, real quick. Fran Mill Reyes or Jorge Soler? Fran Mill for me. I'm going Fran Mill as well. Go Fran Mill. All right, both guys that are uh, kind of known for that utility kind of role there that are going somewhat kind of similar range. In a stunning move, the Twins agreed on the market's top free agent shortstop, Carlos Correa. This happened, I believe, at 3 a.m., so nobody knew this move until everybody woke up the next morning. Uh, rather than signing the massive long-term deal that he'd been seeking, it's a three-year, $105.3 million contract. But the key here is there's opt-out clauses after each of the first and second seasons so he technically has the option if he wants to become a free agent after any of these seasons, he can't. But he's going to be given $35.1 million annually. The Twins are giving him the second highest average annual value of any position player in Major League Baseball, trailing only Mike Trout's $36 million average per year, decade-long $360 million. That's kind of wild at that kind of thought. But the Twins had the money to do it, so they did it. It also kind of is interesting because the number one and number two picks from the 2012 draft are going to be on the same team now. Carlos Correa, starting shortstop for the Minnesota Twins. Do we think this is a bump in his value? Kind of stays the same. What do we guys think? I think it's a bump in his value. I think the Twins, it's interesting. Then I saw this tweet where it was like, the Yankees were interested in Correa, so the Twins did him a favor by giving them Donald's con- Donaldson's contract. And he has a good hitting lineup around him. I think the main thing with Correa is you just wonder if he's going to stay healthy or not. Yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely a big boom for this lineup. The Twins have actually a very sneaky good lineup. You, know, you have Bunkston, Polanco. You have Carlos Correa there. Max Kepler, Miguel Sano. Uh, there's so much power in this lineup that uh, it's, a, it's a very sneaky good lineup. I, I do think the Twins ballpark is obviously maybe a little bit of a downgrade, but... Correa should definitely get the at-bats if he stays healthy. I do like him there in Minnesota. Let's talk about a team that else has, if you want to talk about lineups, the Los Angeles Dodgers. They added another star and another impact back to that lineup as they agreed with Freddie Freeman on a six-year, $162 million deal. The breakdown over six years is he makes $27 million every season from 2022 to 2027. Uh, He's remained at the top of his game over the last few seasons. He's obliterated opposing pitchers to a 341, 462, 60, 640 line during the 60-game season in 2020, which among qualified hitters, only one Soto fared better in terms of WRC+. And can turn to that in 2021, as Freeman, in his 159 games in 2021, had 694 or 695 plate appearances, hit an even 300, 393, 503 line, 31 home runs, and drew walks at an over 12% rate 
striking out only 15% of the time at the plate, which is huge in points leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, Freddie Freeman is just a monster. I, I, him in this lineup is just absolutely insane. Is it to the point now where Freddie Freeman has now bumped his way up into a first round pick in redraft leagues? Redraft for points, yes. For Roto, no. I, I would say the same. He, he's he's where he was, and he was being taken very high as it was. So you guys are keeping him as an early to mid-second round pick, and with the increase in the lineup around him, maybe his counting stats go up. Maybe his, ad, his average goes up because he sees better pitches. You guys aren't bumping him up at all for all that stuff. I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's only because I already have him so highly ranked. There's no, There's nowhere else he can really go without you know steals. His runs plus RBIs last year also were 223, which is like, that's hard to beat. So like, how can you bump that up? What are you going to guess for that? I think 223 would be a really acceptable amount for him this year. I think everyone would be happy with that. And you guys have him as your number two first baseman behind Vlad Guerrero. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. All of you? Yeah. Okay. So let's just touch a little bit on the injury news. I think that people need to hear about if you haven't heard been living under a rock. Jack Flaherty, the Cardinals ace, received a plaza, a platelet-rich plasma injection to address a small tear in his right shoulder. And he'll be shut down from throwing for two weeks. And they're going to reevaluate, says, reevaluate his status then. Obviously, Flaherty won't have time to build up enough strength in time for opening day. He'll begin the season on the IL. Him and Alex Reyes will both be on the IL. Um, but Right now, it seems like it's a very vague type of timeline, right? It's a very, they're diagnosing a small tear. Um, sounds very ominous for what could come. My question to you guys are, how much are you bumping him down? Or are you drafting him all together? He got bumped down to pick 231 in the Darf League draft, which is about 150 pick bump down. And uh, I think that that is, uh, that's fair. It's about 16th round in a 15 team Um what is it, about tw- almost 20th round in a, tw- a 12 team. Uh, I think that's, that's fair when you consider that, you know, we have no idea what this, how long this shoulder injury is going to linger. Flaherty says, this is not, this is not a new issue. This is something that has happened before. So Flaherty seems to be unconcerned with his, with his position for the season, with his, with his uh, ability to produce the season. For me, the fact that I'd not heard about this before, the fact that I'd already kind of been worried about his his ability to produce innings, I'm bumping him way down. But if you're getting him in like the 15th, 16th round of a 15-team draft, he could be a real nice, real nice value at that point. Yeah. Uh, are love, you guys – Love his talent. He just seems to get hurt every year. Yeah, yeah. I think he's undraftable. In any 10-team 10 league, I wouldn't even bother taking him. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, if you guys are in a 15-team league, would you find yourself reaching for him if you had been waiting on starting pitcher in the hopes that he bounces back? Yeah, that's the t- that's the time when I wouldn't reach for him because mm-hmm. I think you need to get some of those guaranteed innings if you've been waiting on pitching. Okay, fair enough. Then let's talk about the Philadelphia Phillies who made two big splash signings in terms of their hitting. And starting with the Phillies agreeing with free agent outfield Nick Nick Castellanos, five-year deal worth $100 million in 585 plate appearances with the Reds last season. He had a 309, 362, 576 slash line with a career-high 34 home runs. And as Mr. Marty Tallman knows, he was just hitting gaps, gap shots, double after double in that huge ballpark. And we kind of knew 
when he got into a better ballpark, those would be going over the fence. We know he doesn't have a huge walk rate. He does strike out at a, a lower than average rate right now. Marty, you've seen a lot of Nick Castellanos. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your thoughts on him going to Philadelphia? Great landing spot, and I'm happy for him because he's done a lot of – I mean, this is a, a win-now team, you know, then this is what he's sent there to do. He's around a great lineup. Harper's going to be around him, Hoskins. Obviously, defense, null and void. Don't worry about that. That's not that's not what we're here for. But um, as far from in a fantasy perspective, it, it's great. I couldn't – it's it's another, like, dream landing spot. Yeah, and not to, to just belittle that point, but – Kyle Schwarber also signed there on a four-year deal, an average annual value of about $20 million. You saw what he did with the Nationals to start 2021. One of the best hot streaks in MLB history. From June 12th to June 29th, a span of 18 games, he launched 16 home runs and just 77 plate appearances, single-handedly taking Doc to one of the tops of the boards in TGFBI. Single-handedly was doing that for him. No, and- I also had Marcus Simeon. I hit on some good late. Cedric Mullins, let's not act like Kyle Schwarber just carried me. I just remember that's all the text messages I'd be you'd be like, Kyle Schwarber in another one. I'm oh up five God. more spots. Oh, my gosh. I, that adrenaline high for like two months was amazing. And then after, you know, those uh, 18 games, a hamstring injury, sideline him for more than a month. And then he, he signed with the Red Sox, or he was traded to the Red Sox, and 168 appearances down the stretch for them. Looked really good then, too. 291, 435, 522 slash with seven homers and 10 doubles as they won the AL East title. And then he had three more home runs during the postseason, which also includes an iconic grand slam in Game 3 over the Astros. Overall, a 266, 374, 554 slash with 32 homers and just 471 plate appearances. Uh, he looks like he really fixed things up in the short in 2020 that carried over into 2021. Looks like a completely different hitter from what we saw kind of with the struggles he had with Chicago Cubs. Doc, you saw a lot of Kyle Schwarber last year having rostered him. Seems like this is a guy people should be grabbing, right? Yeah. I mean, right now, roster resource has him batting leadoff. Somebody that's not afraid to take walks. Now, he's not going to give you many stolen bases, but you look at the runs and who's going to hit behind him. I mean, Castellanos, Harper, Real Muto, Reese Hoskins. That's a really, really good lineup. And outside the Mets, I'm not yeah, – I actually take that back because there is some good pitching in the NL East. But I think Schwarber is going to have a really good year. I'm not going to say career year, but I think he's someone that I feel more safer than taking in years past. I think he's always been a high-risk, high-reward guy. But I think this year he's more of a steady Eddie. You think is he a slam dunk top 100 pick this year for all you guys? Yeah. Uh, 125. 125. I would would go in the 90 to 100 range. So you would take him a little earlier than Marty would. Yeah. Elsie, what about you? Um, When I think about the outfielders going in round 90, that's like J.D. Martinez. That's like Kristen Yelich. He's Stanton. right behind those guys. And Stanton, yeah, he's. A, he, I think I'd take him over Stanton. Over the last honest. two weeks on NFBC, he's going around pick 111. Yeah, I, I, I have him for big power number. I think I think he could be a big power hitter this year. I like his potential. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to draft him a little bit ahead, but the fact that he doesn't run and and the fact that I find like a guy like JD a little bit a little bit more solid. I would, uh, I would put him a little bit behind them. Kyle Schwarber or Jesse Winker? Schwarber. Schwarber. Winker. 
they're going uh, less than two or two picks apart. Uh, Schwarber or Ryan Mountcastle. Oh, that's an e- easy Schwarber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Schwarber, Mitch Haniger. Mm. Schwarber for me. Schwarber. We don't know who's going to get squeezed out in this Seattle lineup. Yeah, Julio, dude. You see, he's hitting bombs already. He didn't come up. Uh, I would love that. I have a lot of Julio Rodriguez shares. Mm. Uh, but uh, let's, well, I, I won't get too excited. I got to, we got to stay on task here. The Braves have a new closer. They announced they assigned Kenley Jansen to a one year, $16 million contract. Three time All Star, two time Hoffman Award winner as the National League's top reliever. One of the best late, late game arms in recent memory. Uh, you know how good Kenley Jansen is. I don't need to sit here and read all his stats to you guys. My question to you all is, is he a top five closer for you in fantasy baseball for 2022 as it stands right now? What do you guys think? Um, let's see. Go through top five. Liam, Hayter, Rysela Iglesias, Emmanuel Class A, and then Presley's number five as it's been standing consensus. Yeah. That's I'm, having, I'm having an outside top five. Who's six and seven? Uh, I will Diaz. tell you right, right now. Number six. Edwin Diaz, Diaz, I think. I'm looking it up while uh so Taylor well, Hendricks yeah. and then uh Iglesias and then uh then uh goodness gracious David, you could look things up better. I know you can. <laughs> then it's actually uh over the last two weeks it's actually uh no class A. And then Presley, and then Edwin Diaz, and then number seven as it stands right now is drum roll, please. <laughs> God, you can look things up. Henley Jansen, Henley Jansen is number seven. I'd rather have Jansen over Edwin Diaz. Me too. So six consensus six. for all of you guys. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm bumping him over Presley for five. I don't have a problem with that, but I mean, the, I don't know. They have just, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I think the Braves will play in more close games. That's why I think he'll have more save opportunities. That's a decent point. Yeah. Um. All right. So we all like Kenley Jansen as the fifth or sixth closer off the board. I think he was going closer to seven or eight before he signed. So he's obviously getting a nice bump there. The Cubs announced they are putting Albert Alzale on the 60 day IL. Very troubling for those that were going to, take Azale later as a potential sleeper, but they made room for Seiya Suzuki, who signed to a five-year contract, $85 million. He hit 317, 433, 639 slash with 38 homers, over 533 plate appearances for the Hiroshima Carp last year. He's been one of the best hitters in the NPB dating back to 2016. He's got a career 309 batting average over there and has hit at least 25 home runs in each of the last six seasons. Elsie, you're the Cubs guy. How pumped are you for Mr. Suzuki? Are you going to try to draft some say a Suzuki? I wish that I had known he was going to the Cubs because I would have been on. I would have, I would have been on him more because I feel like, uh, I feel like Wrigley Field is a pretty, pretty decent hitters park a lot of the year, and I think he's going to benefit from that. And also, I think the uh, the diversity of Chicago will help someone coming from another country uh, to to be used to the United States. It's not a, it's not a 
It's more. It's a more diverse place. It's a more international city than a couple other locations you might have been able to go to. I, I mean, it's really hard to tell how he's going to do. But with the production he's put up in Japan, the fact that he's in his physical prime, I think he's worth where he's going, and he could be a real. He could be a real, real get where you get him because he's going about. What's about past pick two hundred right now? He's going over the last two weeks. He's going around pick one hundred and seventy. Okay, that's still pretty good because he could have a. He could, you could be getting a pretty good batting average with, with over 20 home runs his first year. I think that's pretty good for where he's going. He's right sandwiched in between Dylan Carlson and Avicio Garcia. I think Garcia is a real nice cop to him because if, if Garcia had a real nice year last year, uh, 29 home runs, I, I could see, I could see Sia Suzuki trying to produce, producing a season like that and having that be like a really good production from 29 home runs, 10 stolen bases with a pretty decent batting average, just like Garcia did last year. That to me would be a really good first year. Rank these outfielders for me. Sia Suzuki, Dylan Carlson, Avicio Garcia, Joey Gallo. Those are the four outfielders in that range that are going in that order. Um, Marty. (laughs) (laughs) Say the same four. Say the four again. Say a Suzuki. Yep. Uh, Well, first is Dylan Carlson at pick 169. Say a Suzuki at pick 170. Avicio Garcia is actually separated by 0.33 ADP. And then Joey Gallo at 172. For me, it's Garcia, Suzuki, Carlson, then Gallo. I would probably do it the exact same way. You're going to ride Marty's coattails, I see. Okay. I would, I would go, Smart move on my part. <laughs> I would go Suzuki, Gallo, Carlson, Garcia. Do you why think do you that, hate Avisol? Yeah, why? I, I, I'm just not as big on him. Like, I, I think he's streaky. He didn't really yeah, have a full time. Yeah, he didn't have a full time role until like the last year and a half. He's, he's now hitting in a worse lineup. Like, I just. I don't know. I'd rather it's take a some ballpark for sure. It's a very yeah, hard ballpark. Yeah, for home I, I, I have Gallo second because of the ceiling that he has. Like if, if you can, if Joey Gallo can hit two ten, and mm-hmm. you can stomach that batting average, I mean, he's going to give you five to six stolen bases and he has 40 home run potential. I just think that ceiling is, is that's more what I'm willing to chase in those rounds. Suzuki I, might have the best stolen base upside of this. That's why I have him first. I, I think Gars, um, Avisel Garcia, though, I think the Marlins lineup is is has a lot of sneaky power to it. They signed Soler, they got Garcia, they got Jesus Sanchez, they got Brian De La Cruz as a backup as a fourth outfielder. Jazz, Jazz Aguilar. There's sneaky, there's some sneaky hitting on that team. Yeah. I love De La Cruz. Yes, Me he's too. gonna be and shout out Miguel Rojas. He's there. <laughs> um, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this one. After a month of speculation, Luke Voigt. Finally is away from the New York Yankees, who for some reason did not want to appear to give the first base job as they brought in Anthony Rizzo and they sent him to the curb. They basically traded him to San Diego in exchange for minor leaguer right-hander Justin Lang. Luke Voigt, when he's been healthy, he's been a monster for them. And he led the majors with 22 home runs in the shortened 2020 season. Obviously, he's had some knee problems ever since. Uh, But this is a guy, when it's all said and done, 68 games, 211 play appearances in 2021, hit 239, 328, 427, 111 WRC plus. You know he's got a good offensive game. 
Anthony Rizzo's two-year deal. He's taken his place in New York. I got to ask you guys your two thoughts on these first basemen here, Anthony Rizzo and Luke Voigt. And do you like drafting these guys? Well, I have, I have Voigt. I've drafted him in a bunch of spots even before he was traded. I think it's nice that, you know, he's going to be getting plate appearances in San Diego. San Diego needs him. So he's going to be hitting in a good spot in the batting order. Rizzo's, and as I said in our first base preview, I'm a little out on Rizzo this year. I'm just not sure what he's going to provide. But um, but it's a good lineup, and it's it's a good park for a left-handed hitter. So it's possible Rizzo could spike a good season. I just am not going to be paying for it. I'd rather wait and get someone like Voight, though I don't think you're going to be able to get Voight after Rizzo for very long. Yeah, right now as it stands today, again, we're doing about two weeks out, recording this on March 21st. So the last two weeks, Anthony Rizzo pick 183 on NFBC and Luke Voigt is going 263. So almost a hundred picks apart as it stands today. Are we all taking the value on Luke Voigt instead of Anthony Rizzo at this point? I would. And I think that's a lot of New York city East coast bias. A lot of people drafting. Cause I mean, that's, that's a little crazy for Rizzo. Although he landed in the Yankees, you know, landed back at the Yankees. That's the best place he probably could have landed. So that's great for him. I love it for Voigt. He's out there on the West coast. It's clear as head. The Padres, like they have such a chill fan base. Like no one's going to be all over him. He's going to be able to slot in at DH, play first a little bit. The lineup's good. I, I like it for both. Yeah. I think once I, again, it's floor versus ceiling. Steady floor with Rizzo, but Luke Foyt led the league in home runs in the short 2020 season. Rizzo's not going to do that. They're both hitting in good lineups. How are you constructing your team? If I'm not mistaken, Rizzo's hit under 240 the last two seasons. If I'm uh, Yeah, and, and, I, and it hurts because if you're not in a points or OBP league, you know, he has such a great eye. And such a great walk percentage that you're not going to get the benefit so does of that. Luke Voigt, though, Luke Voigt's on base percentage is really he's one of the better actually. If you're in an OBP league, uh, as I, I think I have to let me look back. I, if I'm his on he base, might, per- he might, but he just doesn't have the plate appearances so, to back it up over a long sample size. I mean, Voigt had a, a 3.28 on base percentage despite hitting 2.39 last year. So I mean, if he bumps that batting average up to even just like a to a 2.60 average, yeah. But how many how many plate appearances versus Rizzo? Uh, I mean, again, yeah, obviously he was hurt, but that's again, uh, over the last hundred two years with Rizzo, he's batted 222 and 248. Now, yeah, his OBP has been solid. It's been 342, 344, but yeah, I avoid all day where he's at. Yeah. Agreed. Zach Greinke's going back home to his roots with the Kansas city Royals on a one-year deal worth about a guaranteed $13 million. He can also earn 2 million in incentives. We have a finally a destination for Zach Granke. He's mentioned that he didn't feel right last year, that the Astros basically, uh, his words, again, I'm kind of just taking the quote out of context, or I'm not quoting it word for word, but he basically said that they wanted him to to save his bullets for the playoffs. So he kind of didn't pitch like his normal self the entire year to kind of save his arm, uh, which is why they maybe said the velocity was down some. Do you guys think Granke bounces back this year as someone that could be a worthy investment where he's going? which as it stands today is actually at pick 314. Who are just while I talk, David, who are some pitchers around him to give him some kind of context of that? The um, two pitchers going before him starting pitchers are mm-hmm. Jamison Tyone, Eric Lauer, and then a couple pitchers after, after him are Marco Gonzalez and Corey Kluber. I'd rather have Gonzalez. Um, I'd rather have Tyone, but um Zach Branke is just a beautiful mind and a beautiful baseball person. And I'm just so happy that he, we get another year of him. 
<laughs> I think him being going to Kansas, Kansas City is pretty much useless. I think he's going to not really pitch that often. Um, but I'm just happy he's there. And I want to ask real quick, is he a Hall of Famer? My buddy says yes. I don't know what you guys think. I think so. He has over 3,000 innings. Um, I think just the longevity. I have another question off that, though. David, is he the last player that's from MVP Baseball 2005? That's a whole other discussion that I we have. I, I think we counted like a year ago, and there was less than 15. I, I, that's something we're going to need to revisit again because I'm, I'm curious. Interns, get on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marty, Marty knows what we need these interns. No, I, honestly, I, I feel good about thanking Greggy Guerrero. Look, he's 38 years old, but he made 30 starts last year, or he made 29 starts last year. And the thing is, he hasn't thrown overpowering. And we've seen pitchers like Wainwright. If you can hit the location right. I think that's a lot of what pitching is. If it's not overpowering, it's good IQ and it's pinpoint command. And Granke has that. And I think expecting another uh, season with an ERA in the low fours, it's not wild to think. I would like to see what his velocity is in spring training. Uh, if you're talking about Hall of Famer, just real quick, he's going to hit 3,000 strikeouts this year. Um, he has over 3,000 innings. He has 219 career wins. Is CC Sabathia Hall of Famer? Yeah, I say yes. If CC Zabathia is a Hall of Famer, he's got he seems like a very similar type of pitcher as far as the stats will accumulate. So, I I, I would put him in that. LC's looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm trying. No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think because the whole context of what what a pitcher, how a pitcher creates a Hall of Fame career has changed in the past 15 years. Because you, right. like 250 to 300 wins was unless you were like a really short hot burning prime where you were like Sandy Koufax or Pedro Martinez. If you didn't have that incredible prime, you had to accumulate a huge amount of career statistics, which he's not going to get to. Uh, So if you look at, I mean, I think Mike Mussina had a better career. I don't, I'm pretty sure Mussina is not in the hall of fame right now. He just broke my heart. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I feel like voters still haven't figured out what is the new standard for pitching Hall of Fame. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out for sure. I, I think as it stands today, I would. Uh, sounds mm-hmm. like Marty in there uh, is as well. Uh, the Braves re-signed free agent outfielder Eddie Rosario to a two-year $18 million deal, a club option for the 2024 season. Once activated from the 10-day IL on August 27th, Rosario hit a 271, 330, 573 slash line over 96 plate appearances down the stretch. You guys might remember him hitting seven home runs, four doubles, and a pair of triples during that streak. But even more so, he stole a spotlight in the NLDS where he hit 14 for 25, which included three home runs, a double, a triple, and nine runs batted in. He won the NL uh, CS MVP. Um, I mean, and then even in the World Series, five for 22 is considered. Uh, down for him he was a, a playoff hero for the Braves which seems why he brought him back are you guys interested in Eddie Rosario in any of your leagues oh yeah I mean mm-hmm. not 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 great batting average I've, I've said for years he's a doubles machine which isn't a category but he gets on base a decent amount and once again I think I'm a fan of taking players and talented lineups at a discounted price yeah that's exactly what he is he's I going think. around 174 right ahead of Alex Kirilov and he was going 100 picks 
fifty two hundred picks earlier in the last few last few seasons. So I don't think he's really lost talent. I think his paths to value have expanded too because he showed a, a willingness to steal more bases now that he is if he's having like a down power season or maybe he's just going to start stealing more. So um, I think you know he's there are many paths to him earning that value and I and I really like I've taken him a few times already. I like that he doesn't strike out. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing for me. So mm-hmm. the play disciplines there. He's going to get you probably 15 home runs, maybe around 10 stolen bases, and at 260, 270. That's being generous. Yeah. That's you, all right, let's play a game really quick. Guess his min pick over the last two weeks. What's his, what's his ADP? His ADP over the last two weeks is 174.49. Is it going to be a Jorge Alfaro where he has a min pick of one? I say not, 90, it's 99. It's 99? 82. 110. You all are way too high. His oh. min pick is 34. It's got to be some Braves fans. 34? 34. And okay. if you look at everybody else in wow. that range, it's like in the 90s to 120, <laughs> 130. That was a setup like, question. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, you know, the the guy at, uh, at our DARF draft could have set a min pick on a couple guys. <laughs> well, well, while I'm here, Josh Donaldson has a min pick of 15. Mm, that's whoa. You, you look whoa, he, yeah, whoa, whoa. He, he was an MVP, okay? Maybe, maybe that we're was weeks ago. Better. Those are the, oh, oh, no, wait, hold on. Well, I know why Tariq Scoobles is too, because that's Simeon. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw the two. I was like, okay, that makes sense. But the other two, I don't think anybody was doing something like that. So they're the two outliers that actually are in this range that have weird min picks. Uh, last bit, last big move since we last talked to you guys as far as free agents and trades. Oakland just selling off all their pieces continued as they sent Matt Chapman to the Toronto Blue Jays in exchange for four prospects, Gunnar Hogland, Kevin Smith, Zach Logue, and Kirby Sneed. Uh, now with Chapman, the Blue Jays are going to get one of the best defensive third basemen in the game. And you actually could count him for a pretty good, as far as with his bat, as, I mean, if you guys look, kind of scrolling through my notes here, he pretty much from, he was top seven, the American, American League MVP over uh, a couple seasons. He had a 263-348-507 slash with 60 home runs uh, from 2018 to 2019. So we saw that type of offensive production from him. But over the last two seasons, he had a, a major hip injury in 2020, 2020. Or in 2020, he tried to play through. And then he also had a labrum tear that needed to be cleaned up. And 37 home runs, 216 ISO. Uh, I mean, uh, Matt Chapman... I, I feel like he's a bounce back candidate this year, even b- despite his lack of production over the last two seasons, if you will, without reading all his stats. What do you guys think? Are you guys investing in Matt Chapman with the Toronto Blue who I just hit a home run yesterday in spring training, which I'm sure everybody saw on Twitter. What are your guys' thoughts on Matt Chapman? I absolutely am. I was ridiculed by one doc because of my love for Matt Chapman just mere months ago. And I said, hey, they may even trade him to a better place. And where did they send him? To the Blue Jays. You got to be afraid of the AL East if you're a pitcher, man. These lineups, all of them are so stacked. But, I mean, now they have them, um, you know, batting just after Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Um, and that amazing lineup, great ballpark, great ballparks all around. It's it's just it's another dream come true, baby. He's the 16th third baseman off the board right now. That's pretty solid value. I mean, what's the, what's the risk of taking him at pick 176 
as the 16th third baseman off the board at a position that's not very deep. And he hits two two ten again. That's the risk. I, I I retract my my ridicule of Marty for saying he sucks. He with his upgrade now he's slightly below average. <laughs> okay. Well, let me uh. After okay, so, here's, so you guys know obviously the top half of the third baseman. So let's start after DJ LeMayu at number ten. Cabrian Hayes at eleven. Justin Turner at twelve. Yon Moncada, y'all can come back here, you hear? Moncada at 13, Ryan McMahon at 14, Luis Urias at 15, and then Chapman at 16. Is he stay at 16 for you guys, or would you bump him up any of those other names I mentioned? I'll take him over Urias. Urias's injury bumps him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moncada, I'm off of him myself. I'd agree. Yeah. What about, McMahon, what about Ryan McMahon? Just got himself a nice extension in Colorado, means they're they're primed to trade him pretty soon. I think that's I think that's what that means. But uh, I like McMahon. I, I've I've taken him a bunch a couple of times already. Am I weird for taking Chapman over McMahon? No, I would take Chapman take over him. everyone except for Hayes. Even yes, Justin Turner. He's not going to play that much. I would too, Marty. Not. I think so. We we have him then. We bump him up. He's at twelve. I think that's a lot more of a, a fair that's value fair. for him. All right. I'm. Nah, Elsie's not. A, we might have to I'm do not, a bet on. We just I'm not. I'm not with it. I'm not with it. We but, need to do a Scherzi uh, bet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Ooh. Matt Chapman. Are, are we putting Donaldson above Matt Chapman or no? Oh yeah. Uh, yes. I yeah. Donaldson. So calf scares us. You know. No. Nope. Oh, so no. So no for Marty. I, no, I would, Donaldson's definitely behind Chapman for me because he's the third baseman that goes after Chapman as it stands today. No, I'd rather have okay. Chapman. So, Marty, you want to both lock in as a top 12 third baseman for this year? I'll do it. Let's do it. Elsie, you're against it? Well, <laughs> now I have to see. What, he could have been a top 12 last year with that 210 batting average. Um, oh, it sounds like a not beep, a confident man. Beep, beep. He's just backing up. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, here's – no. No, he's going to – I'm not, I'm not going to bet – that he's not going to do it because, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't draft him ahead of guys. who I think have a better chance of being in the top 12. He's backing up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, there's a difference. There's a difference between what I said and back, what I would draft. Back, back it up. <laughs> oh man. I'll see, man. Not confident. You got to say, are you the top 12 or not? No, I would know. He's not. Eric, is he top 12? You're Matt Chapman? Yeah. I'm a little bit outside top 12. Okay, so it sounds like Marty and I will be winning this bet. Uh, as we wrap this up here, as we have that bet on record now, I was going to read some deep league news. If you guys want at the end, if there's one that comes to mind you think is relevant, Rangers adding Garrett Richards to a one-year deal. Nationals Carter Keyboom is going to go on the 60-day IL, so he will not be playing for quite some time for them. Giants agreeing on a one-year deal to Matthew Boyd. Cubs signing Jonathan VR, which is kind of nice for him. Matt Carpenter, remember him? He's going to the Rangers. Uh, it's Right now it's a minor league contract for him, so not necessarily guaranteed to make the roster. Cubs signing Drew Smiley to a one-year deal. Tigers agreeing on a one-year deal with Michael Pineda. The Dodgers agreeing on a one-year deal with Tyler Anderson. Michael Givens signing with the Chicago Cubs. The Giants signing 
Jock Peterson to a one-year $6 million deal, the Royals trading Mike Miner for Amir Garrett, and the Rockies bringing in Alex Colome. Out of all those moves, I was going to go around the horn real quick. What's one of those that might stand out for you guys, LC? Um, Tyler Anderson going to the Dodgers. They're going to need, uh, they're going to use a lot of different starters this year. And, uh, Tyler Anderson, despite having a really high profile on this podcast blow up at the end of the season <laughs> last year, pitched, uh, pitched fairly well for, uh, for, uh, for, for most of the season and he's going to a great organization. So I think that, uh, he's a guy who, who could produce some, some pretty solid streamer value. To piggyback off of LC's point, everything he said is true. He's going to be a good streamer until he has a good matchup, like maybe versus the Nationals, where you're like, you know what? I feel comfortable playing him in a must-win matchup, and he's going to give up nine earned in two innings to get zero strikeouts. But apparently if you talk bad about him on Twitter, his dad will defend him. So this is the caveat about Tyler We should, we should test that one of these days. This is, oh, this should, is I, should I tweet? Things like Tyler Anderson doesn't know how to parallel park, and then and then see if his dad says yes, he does. I taught him. Yeah, we can see that. Uh, oh man, I think VR is kind of a interesting signing with a team like the Cubs for depth. Um, is Michael Givens the closer in Chicago? LC, you're the Cubs fan. If you had to just today, your gut, or is it Rowan Wick? I would still go with Wick, but uh, but who knows. Honestly, honest, I don't know why they signed Gibbons, to be honest with you. Don't take Alex Colome. He's Wade Davis 2.0. I stand by that. Somebody that's going to have like a six or seven ERA is going to have a couple saves early on in the season, and then he's just going to just completely blow up your ratios and lose the job. Do not do not invest in Alex Colome. Please, if you take one thing from this podcast, <laughs> I'm giving you the warning now. Do not do it. Tweet, uh, it, at, tweet it out so it's real. I already yeah. did. Okay. So, and just uh, real quick on Michael Pineda um, for the Tigers, he's their fifth starter. So he'll be getting the ball, you know, I think for deep leagues or, you know, picking them up to stream, you know, I think he'll be a good option. Yeah, I, I agree. He doesn't exactly. walk people. Everything else is brutal. They hit, he gives up tons of hard contact, but in Comerica park, maybe it won't be as bad. Is he missing the start of the season? Cause of, was it visa issues? I think something like that. Yeah. It's okay. Not out yet. All right. Well, these are just some those guys that the ones I just read, they're more deep league ads, 15 plus teamers. If you're in 10 or 12 teams leagues, leave these guys on the waiver wire for now. They shouldn't be somebody you should be drafting too much as, as of right now. Uh, with that, it that's I think that's it, guys. That's pretty much we covered a crazy amount of players in under 45 minutes. So much fun. All of this movement. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I wish they would be smart about it and spread it over six months for we can yeah. enjoy it. But whatever. That's fine. They did 90 days of move in pretty much in five days yeah. or five, five, six days. So um, that if we get more news, we'll update them in our news and notes section and our regular shows. I don't think we'll have too much more. I think most of the free agents have signed. Uh, there could be some more trades coming on along the way. So we'll keep you guys updated, but if you enjoy triple play fantasy, please make sure you like the videos. You subscribe to the channel. You guys leave a comment below for the algorithm. If you're listening to the podcast version, please leave us a five-star rating and review and please make sure you tell your friends all about the podcast. That's how we grow, and that's how we're able to uh, reach more listeners and, and do what we do. So thank you guys for tuning in, and until the next one, we'll catch you guys soon.